Hi guys, thank you so much for clicking on this video. Um, my name is Chelsea Apia. This is the Heavenly Thoughts Podcast and welcome. This is a podcast, okay, I don't really have an intro and all of that stuff down just yet, amen, but God is good and it's coming, it's on its way. Um, I've been called to do this podcast, it's been years that I've been putting it off and putting it off and putting it off, but God is faithful, amen, because here we are today. I never thought this day would come, but look at us now, hey? Who would have thought? So today, today, if you clicked on this video, you're here to hear, you're here to hear, <laughs> you're here to listen to my testimony. I have notes and stuff because it's a very long one. The point of this video, the point of this testimony is that Jesus Christ saves, okay? There is no way, no where, no how, no when that you could take yourself to that God can't save you, okay? It doesn't matter what you've done. doesn't matter who you've been. doesn't matter what you've said. Um, Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that he made for us on the cross is enough. It's enough to redeem us from anything that we could ever do. The Bible says nothing can separate us from his love. So I hope that you're encouraged by this testimony. I hope that if you are going through similar things that you know and look at me and say, okay, Jesus did it for her. He can do it for me too, because he can. Okay. And he will, not only is he able, he's willing. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like a lot of my testimony is very personal and the idea of sharing it, um, on the internet brings me a lot of anxiety. I'm not gonna lie to you, but the Holy Spirit has been basically just speaking to me and, you know, talking to me about the fact that this is not about me. The point of this video is to point you to Jesus, to encourage you to continue your walk with him. If you've fallen off, if you've, you know, lost your way, if you've backslid, go back, just return to him. At the very least, a lot of the times throughout this testimony, you'll hear that the only thing that I could do was just ask Jesus to save me. And he did. And he will for you too. Okay, so let's pray. Let's pray. I used to be one of those girlies that was like, I can't pray on camera, but why not? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this opportunity. I invite you into this room. I ask, Lord, that you speak through me, Lord. Help me to convey the message in which you have for me to share. I pray that this touches every listener, that this pushes them to you, Father, encourages them to seek your face and know that you are waiting for them with open arms and loving arms. And I just thank you so much, Father, for the ability to even share this testimony. Thank you for saving my life. Thank you for saving my life. Thank you for saving the lives of those who are listening. And Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I just ask that if there's any listeners right now who um, is struggling with elbow pain in your left arm and you go by the name of Alex, I pray that you are healed right now in the name of Jesus and God loves you. So I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. I bless your holy name. And yes, Lord, do your thing. Do your thing, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I wanted to read Psalm 62, verse 11 to 12, because as I was reading and like writing this testimony down, I realized that something that came to mind often was the thought that God is all powerful and like the things that I was facing and the things that I was struggling with, I thought that they were too powerful at the time for God to heal me out of. And a lot of the times I had like guilt and shame because I had chosen to go down this way. I had chosen to walk away from God and he still was able to pull me out of my sin, still able to pull me out of death. So yeah. Okay. Let's read it. Once God has spoken, twice I have heard this, that power belongs to God and loving kindness is yours. O oh Lord, for you pay, for you repay a man according to his work. And like 
if you can take anything, if you can keep anything in your mind right now, depending on where you are in your walk with Christ, just know that all power, all love, all kindness belongs to God. He is power. He is kindness. He doesn't just have these attributes. He embodies them. He is the definition of them. So again, my name is Chelsea. Um, I grew up in a Christian home. I've always been a Christian girly. That's all I've really known in terms of religion. Like when it comes to organized religion, Christianity was the only, um, the only thing that I knew. And that proved to be such a blessing later on in life. Um, I didn't really have any confusion about who God was. I just always knew that Jesus Christ was Lord and that he was my Lord and that he was the Lord of my family. And that is who we worshiped and that is who we followed. I always kind of had that idea that like Jesus loves me like he's a friend, you know, and I can talk to him and I can, I can know him. Obviously I didn't have that full understanding as I do now, but at the time, like growing up, I did. Um, I remember in elementary school, I would force kids to do the sinner's prayer. I would chase them up and I said, do the sinner's prayer, going to hell. And, um, <laughs> and, you know, just always wanting to spread the gospel. I was very, very extroverted as a kid, um, through the experience that I will get into later, I became a lot more introverted, but naturally from birth, God has created me to be a very extroverted person. I had my first real encounter with God when I was around 19. I went to like a church retreat and I just remember the Holy Spirit blowing into that place. And then I just started speaking in tongues and just really feeling the presence of God. That was the first time. After that, I just felt that God had called me to do something within his kingdom and my ministry and like the idea that I had a ministry, I didn't even know what that meant, but I just felt called to do something to speak. And I was watching Jackie Hill Perry's podcast. She was on there with her husband, Preston, and they were talking about like the temptation that a lot of children of God who grow up in the church have in terms of like, oh, I want to go and experience the world. I want to kind of go out and have like my hoe phase. I want to go out and do all of these different things and like live in sin so that I can really kind of appreciate, you know, God. And I, I want to experience things. They feel sheltered. And I relate to that so much because I did feel that way. You know, I grew up as a Christian. There's a lot of things I didn't experience at a young age because, um, it just was something that was not accepted within our, within our culture, Christian culture, you know, the idea of purity culture that was all very like imposed young, which makes sense because we're learning to walk the ways of God. Right. And, I do have my own thoughts on purity culture, but that is for another video. That is for another video. But um, yeah, like I remember also feeling that temptation, you know, that that seductive kind of luring um, lie that the enemy plants into so many of our minds that, you know, Jesus isn't enough. I experienced that. And I think a lot of what led me to where I ended up by the end of this testimony was because of that lie, because of that temptation. And they brought up how that is the oldest temptation. That is the oldest lie that the enemy uses against mankind is that there's more outside of God. Adam and Eve literally grew up within the presence of God. They grew up in the church, so to speak, and they were still lured out. Why? Because they were promised something outside of God. They were promised more. We can look at them as the perfect, you know, telltale What's that, what's that saying? Telltale? No, it's not telltale. Cautionary tale, amen? <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit. We can look at them as like a cautionary tale, you know? We saw what happened. We saw, you know, them choosing life outside of God, them choosing to walk outside of the grace of God because there was promised more, because the enemy 
lied and told them that you can experience this, go out and have fun, go out and do all of these things. God is trying to keep you from doing that. God is trying to keep you from living your life when it's like, we know what happens. We know how that ends. That ends in death. It ends in sin. It ends in separation from God. And I think that it's important to remind ourselves of that, especially people who grew up within the church. There's nothing that the world can give you. There's nothing promised here. The only promise, the only hope, the only true joy and fulfillment is in Jesus Christ. Okay? Everything else is a lie. Everything else is a lie. Everything else is smoke and mirrors. Everything else is is a deception. And Adam and Eve are our first example of that. I want to explain a little bit about my relationship with God and kind of how um, I related to him. My relationship with him often was lukewarm. And I hope that if you're watching this and that you find that that's your relationship with God, you're encouraged to know that you can go deeper with him. You don't have to be a lukewarm Christian. You don't have to be a Christian that um, struggles to walk with God. He has called you to more. He wants more for you. He's excited to know you deeper and better. Um, and there is hope and a future for you. So please be encouraged. I was in a very on and off relationship with Jesus, right? One second, I'm hot for God. Next second, I'm cold. You know, I have a very tough issue with moderation. For example, I got one tattoo and then within a year I had about six. So I felt that I always had like a really big fear of getting close to God because I knew that the closer I got to him, the more that I would be confronted with my sin and the more that I would be confronted with the idea that I had to change and that with Jesus Christ and, and walking with him and choosing to acknowledge him as your creator comes with sacrifices. I always really like struggled with that. And even to this day, that's something that the Holy Spirit is helping me to work through is like laying down myself, you know, dying to my flesh in order to become who he's called me to be. And I had so many idols and I didn't realize until the Holy Spirit started revealing it to me that I had a lot of idols um, of men, like mankind. The opinions of people literally ruled my life. And again, these are all things that God is still continuing to work on me. I think a lot of testimonies and I, the reason that I had a really hard time kind of telling my testimony is that God is taking me through this process. God is, is, is causing me to walk out, you know, of this sin, out of these, these habits, these, this habitual sin that I, that I struggle with. And I think that a lot of the times testimonies, and there's nothing wrong with it. It just isn't what my testimony looks like. A lot of testimonies look like before and after. And, um, that after photo is just not something that looks completely different yet. God is still working on me, but he has saved my life. I have a hope now. I didn't have a hope before. I didn't have um, the ability to, to look to God and say, okay, everything's actually going to be okay. I was hopeless. You know what I mean? And now that I have truly come to understand by the grace of the Holy Spirit that God is my God that Jesus is my father, that I am his daughter, that I belong to somebody, that I'm not just floating in this world hoping for the best, you know, and being someone who did grow up in Christ, like that's something that I've always heard, but I didn't understand until I went through this very process, until I went through this very scary time in my life. He allowed me to understand him. He allowed me to know him. And while I thought I knew him, while I thought I walked with him, I wasn't actually, but he was walking with me. That's the testimony. The testimony is that, yeah, I grew up in the church. Yeah, I've always been a Christian. I never really had that phase where my testimony isn't like, I never knew who God was. And then one day he showed up like God has always been with me the same way he's always been with you. 
That's the point of this testimony is that even when we don't know him, even when we aren't faithful, he is faithful. Okay. So you're walking in your life. You think, you know, everything you think, you know, God, that's okay. A time will come where God will literally confront you. And that is the, the sweetest gift he can give you is, is true conviction. I am somebody who has gone through a lot of body transformations in terms of like, I used to be a bigger girl and now I've lost a lot of weight, like over a hundred pounds and my weight fluctuates. And so I struggle with, you know, um, the idol of self, idol of body, idol of, of what others see when they look at me. I do struggle with, um, an eating disorder. So, and disordered eating and, and, you know, body dysmorphia and all of those things in that package. I think that that package comes from the idol of self, idol of man, idol of what people see and how they perceive me being someone that was big and did lose weight. Like I have a lot of, um, struggles in that area and, and, and God is so faithful in working on those things with me day in and day out. Am I a picture of, of complete and utter health right now? in that area? No, but, but God is faithful. Again, I'm going to gear up to giving a more detailed timeline. I just want to give you guys a little bit of introduction, a little bit of a primer into who I was before this huge fall that I had. Okay. I was someone who was lukewarm, someone who thought I was living this, you know, my best life, a little bit of both worlds, you know, Hannah Montana. I thought it was my best life. I thought, okay, I can be Christian. I know I'm going to heaven, but I can also dip, dibble and dabble and dip my toes in the world, you know? And the Bible is so clear. And I think that Revelation um, 3, 15 to 17, which I'm going to read to you guys is such a beautiful verse because God is good. You know, like God will give you verses that outline the place that you are at in your life when you are at that place, if that makes sense. Like he will give you verses that kind of show you yourself. And I think that the grace of this verse is that you think you're one way, but you're actually another way. I know your works. It says you are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing. Not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. Like, if that ain't the truth, y'all, there's truth in this Bible. There is truth in this Bible. That was literally me. Literally me. Like, I was like, yeah, like, uh, I'm living my best life, uh, I'm dibbling and I'm dabbling and I'm, no, you're naked, you're pitiable, you're poor. And it takes time for you to realize that that is exactly what you are. But God tells us right here in this word, you're someone who is naked and doesn't even know it. So come to me, be hot for God, be on fire for God. Cause the, the, the uselessness of you is, is what he spits out of his mouth. You're not able to be used by anyone. So now we're getting into a timeline. This part of my life all started um, in 2020, so four years ago now. Around this time, it's like the Black Lives Matter protests. We're protesting the murder of George Floyd. It's also COVID time. We're really just, you know, it's 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 a tough time. The world is changing. Everything really feels like it's coming to a head at this point in life, and I'm struggling. I'm in my off season with God at this point because I would have on and off again seasons with God, as I said before, lukewarm, hello. Um, so I'm in my off season with God, right? But this one felt a bit longer for some reason. It felt longer than it had in the past, and 
I remember just really being in a dark place in this time. It's, it's not only with the things that were going on in the world, but just in my own walk with God in my own life. Um, I remember questioning a lot more in this time, the goodness of God towards me and like his love for me. I remember questioning just like, okay, like God, like, you know, is this it? Like, is this all that it's going to be? Is I'm going to be hot for you some days. I'm going to be cold for you another day. And I remember struggling in this time a lot with my eating disorder. It was really, really had come to a head. I was, you know, gaining weight. And if anybody who does struggle with um, eating disordered or disordered eating, body dysmorphia, you know that your emotions and how you feel about yourself is really tied to the scale and is really tied to um, what you look like. And I remember in this time I had started to gain a bit of weight and it was sending me into a spiral. I was so, so broken. And I would just look at myself in the mirror and just like say to myself, like, I hate myself. I hate the way I look. I look disgusting. Like I would just spew such hatred towards myself because I had gained a few pounds. And that sounds ridiculous. But again, if you're someone who has struggled with an eating disorder, then you understand where I'm coming from. But that is where I was at. I began to struggle in this time with a lot of suicidal ideation. And I work in the mental health field. I am um, constantly working with people who are struggling with depression, who are struggling with schizophrenia, who are struggling with um, bipolar disorder and um, a whole host of things. But I work in this field. So being now confronted with this while I'm at work, while I'm working with people who are going through the same thing was really, really, really a tough, tough time for me. And I just remember really, really, really considering like, you know, um, unaliving myself in this time. And I think that a part of me always knew or always hoped that it would never get to that, but it was something that I had thought about quite a few times. And the enemy is so cunning and so sneaky and conniving growing up I'd always flirted and fantasized about the idea of my own death it's just something that now that I've come out of it now that the Holy Spirit has saved me now that Jesus Christ you know has shown me everything I understand myself and what he's called me to do and the purpose of my life now more than I ever have and I understand now that the enemy was you know planting those seeds dropping those seeds of like premature death into my mind for a time as this for a time when I would be confronted with the idea of being alive or no longer being on this earth. I'm somebody who growing up would constantly daydream. I was always daydreaming to this day. God is helping me to overcome, you know what I mean? Like maladaptive daydreaming. And I just always remember like I would walk to school and have headphones in my ears and listen to music and I would just be fantasizing about my funeral and fantasizing about dying. And it wasn't ever something at the time I didn't think about, oh, I want to kill myself. I want to, I want to, you know, hurt myself. But it was something that the enemy had been plotting and like priming my mind to accept from that very young age for a time like this. Around this time, again, it's 2020 at this point, I remember meeting some new people in this time and kind of being pulled out from that really depressive state and kind of being brought to this part of light. I remember losing losing a lot of weight again and being really, really happy about that. And then, you know, kind of feeling on top of the world and like feeling super hot and like, yeah, like I'm living my best life. And, you know, God is good because the way that he does things doesn't always make sense to us, but it always makes sense. You know what I mean? He pulled me out of that place so that I could be kind of come up for air, but he had plans to take me out of that 
setting out of that environment completely. I'm still fully living in the world, living in sin, sexual morality, pornography. I'm smoking weed. I'm, I'm just living in the sin living in, in the world, you know, and not thinking anything of it. And I also started smoking a lot more weed. I would smoke a little here and there, but it wasn't anything where it was like, um, you know, to write home about, nothing to be concerned about. It had been some time, like it had been maybe like a few months where I've even thought about prayer. And I was getting a little nervous about it. Like it would pop into my mind. The Holy Spirit's so good. He never left me. It would pop into my mind like, hey, come talk to me, come talk to me. And I just... I didn't have any interest, you know? I started getting introduced to deconstruction TikTok. And if you are unaware, deconstruction is the idea of like deconstructing your faith and no longer following the faith. That's my understanding of it. No longer following the faith um, in which you grew up in. And I started just like, I remember like seeing de deconstruction TikTok and I thought, what is this? Like, it was something that was so wild to me I genuinely had never I had never heard of it I didn't know anything about it I didn't know you know I'd never heard of anything as that before so I was shocked and I kind of just started getting into like a rabbit hole of this side of TikTok and like looking at the hurt that had been done to a lot of the LGBTQIA folks um, through the church and by the church and kind of really taking up for that fight and really taking up for that um position of like being angry at the church and I confused human error and sin with the goodness and the character of God and I think that that's something that a lot of people do in this time is that they they look at the sins of the world they look at how the world is going which is something that I did in this time right like they look at how fallen the world is and they and they look at God and say okay God this is your fault what are you doing you're not good because the world isn't good when it's like we live in a fallen world we live in sin by his grace and his goodness, he still comes here and dwells within us. He still reaches out to us. We are the ones who have rejected him. But in his goodness and in his mercy and in his love, he decides that I still want these people. I still love my children. And I started to, you know, conflate the two. Okay, people are bad, so God is bad. The church is not great. The church doesn't treat people that great. There's a lot of evil going on in the church. So then it means that God is not good and God is not who he says he is. When, where else would the enemy be besides the church? The enemy works his way into the church, causing scandals, causing all of these things. And I'm not saying that individuals are not meant to be held accountable for their actions, but that accountability and that holding of accountability does not belong to us. That belongs to God. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. All of our righteousness is like a filthy rag before the Lord. So I remember kind of taking this like very self-righteous stance in this time. And if you're in that place right now, I urge you to seek God's face and to help you to heal. Because it was just hurt in my heart that that I had experienced through through interactions in church that had made me take up this position. But it's not, it's not justified. God is the only just one. Also in this time, really started flirting with astrology. And I didn't understand the danger of what I was doing in this time. And I come to later on, but at the time I really thought astrology was just super cute. I thought it was so adorable. I was like, oh my gosh, what? Like I'm born in July and that means I'm this and you're going to tell me everything about myself. And it seems accurate. That is so cool. And I remember people bringing, I was at work and someone introduced me to it and, and bought me this book. And now that I think about it, I realized like how the enemy works in such a conniving, slithery way. 
he's a serpent for a reason, y'all. Um, you know, I started really getting into it, really getting into astrology. I thought it was super cool. And, and it never really at the time sparked any kind of red flags in my mind because I had been so far from God anyway. I hadn't communicated with him. My, my relationship with him was from my end, um, essentially over. So, or in the process of being over. So I, it didn't spark any red flags, the Holy Spirit. I wasn't listening to him. I felt something deep in my heart, you know, like God is good. Cause he'll always give you just that little, mm, that little something small, that little, mm-mm. and you're like, okay, I'm flirting with something bad here. Like I need to, you know, pump the brakes, but I completely ignored it. I completely ignored it. And I, and I continued to dive deeper and deeper into it. I started like choosing partners, people that I would date, like specifically based on who, what their star sign was. And like, I started taking it really seriously and I think that when you leave that vacancy of what to worship, the enemy will fill it with something. The enemy will always find uh, a way to make you worship anything, anyone but God. You can worship anything. As long as it's not the true God, he's good. But I want to read to you guys 1 Corinthians 8, um, chapter, chapter 8, verse 6. And I think that this is like the point blank period of it all. Okay, for those of you who are like, I don't really know, like I like astrology, I like, I don't really like look at it as like a God, like it opens doors, okay? And this is me, someone who genuinely, I'm, I wish I could just express to you how genuinely I thought nothing of it, y'all. Look at this hand, you see a chicken? Does it look scared to you? That's literally who I was. I was like, no way, like it's fine. It's not that deep, it's not that deep. It's that deep. It's actually deeper than deep. It's the deepest of deeps. First Corinthians 8, 6 says, Yet for us there is but one God, the Father through whom, from whom all things came and from whom we live. And there is but one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through whom we all live. We have one God. Whatever you're looking for in astrology, whatever you're looking for in, in horoscopes, whatever you're looking for in all of these other things, all of these other modes of information, Jesus Christ gives to us freely, freely, without cost, without the cost of your mind, without the cost of your heart, without the cost of your peace. Jesus Christ gives it to you and offers it to you freely. You want to know what's going to happen in the future? Go to the one who creates the future. Go to the one who's, who the future is in the palm of his hand. You want to know more about yourself? Go to the one who breathed the breath of life into your lungs. The one who crafted your heart in his hands. You want to know more about who you're supposed to be with, who your partner is? Go to the one who created them. Go to the one who loves them. Go to the one who loves you. And in his perfect time and his perfect will, he will reveal all things to you. Whatever you're searching for outside of God, I'm telling you now, it leads to nothing but death and torment and destruction. The enemy will use it. It's demonic. It opens doors of the enemy into your life to manipulate your mind, to manipulate your life, to manipulate your, your, your spirit. The devil has no free gift. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. In his, in his deception, he creates all of these falsehoods, right? He creates all of these false worlds, these false religions, these false systems, these false ideologies, and pushes the children of God closer and closer to them. Not just those who know who Jesus is. Forget denominations, forget all of that. I'm talking about children of God being you are a human being. If you are a human being breathing on this earth, you are a child of God because God 
created you. Before we first even knew him or loved him, he first loved us. So the enemy is pushing you to all of these other things, all of these other very seductive things. I realize now in hindsight how seduced I was into these ideas. I started celebrating Halloween, which again, like I wish y'all knew me. I'm, I was never one to be, my Halloween was my favorite holiday because I used to love the movie Halloween Town on Disney Channel. I know you guys remember that movie, Marnie Piper. I loved Halloween, okay? It was literally fall. I thought it was so romantic. I thought it was the most romantic season. I still love fall, amen? Fall is still the best. But I loved Halloween. God gave me one serious dream. Hello, is the mic on? He gave me one serious dream, one, one sweet evening. And showed me the reality of Halloween, which I will make a YouTube short about because he told me to and I didn't listen. Halloween is no joke. The devil is real. Like I think that as Christians, we 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 want so badly to focus on on the goodness of God. And it's like one doesn't cancel out the other. Like being authentic and realistic and honest about the fact that we do have an adversary. The Bible says he comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. The Bible says that we do not war against flesh and blood but against wickedness, darkness, principalities, and high places. Like acknowledging one does not defeat the purpose or defeat or diminish the other. God in his goodness warns us. A good father warns their child. He tells us, pray without ceasing. Don't war against each other. Your real enemy, the real enemy is Satan the liar, Satan the deceiver. The one who deceived Adam and Eve. That's your real adversary. But I've given you authority to trample over all his power. I've given you authority to trample over scorpions and serpents and overcome all the power of the enemy. Why would we need that authority if the enemy didn't have power to influence us to do, to do things that he wants us to do, to sin, to fall, to be separated from God? Like I think sometimes as Christians, we become so afraid and I get it. Like I get it as a, as a Christian myself, as someone who loves Jesus myself, I'd much rather focus on the la-di-da of it all. But God, Jesus Christ, cast out demons. Demons are real, you know? So I really want you guys to just be aware. Like if you're dibbling and you're dabbling, you're flirting with all of these other counsels outside of the counsel of God, beware, beware, be cautious, be careful. I dibbled, I dabbled. And it landed me in a world of pain, as you will come to see. I think the scariest thing out of everything that I experienced was um, the derealization and depersonalization that came later. So it started from the hallucinations and then it turned into and the racing thoughts and the and the being pulled into daydreams and missing conversations. It was it was torment. It was torment. All of these doors that I had opened to the enemy into my life, rejecting God, embracing astrology, embracing um, all sorts of forms of, of, of idol worship, you know, I just op just completely left myself vulnerable for the enemy to come into my life. And he did. He did.